0: Hello everyone, this is Frank Robinson, your host for Take on Trenton. This is the podcast of the Government Affairs uh, Department of the New Jersey Business and Industry Association. We bring you a periodic show that talks about how the Business and Industry Association gives you our take on what's happening in Trenton that's affecting your business, and we also take on the forces that be that affect your business, whether it's the state legislature, the governor, or the bureaucracy. And today, I'm very, very pleased and honored to have as our guest, Senator Tom Kane, who's the Republican leader in the New Jersey State Senate. Thank you for coming, Senator Tom. It's great to be with you, sir. Senator Tom has been in the state legislature for about 18 years. Uh, he came into the General Assembly filling a vacancy in, in April of, uh, I guess it was 2001. 2001. And I just want to let you know, it was my pleasure and privilege to be there at his swearing in. I was executive director of the Assembly of Democrats at that point in time. And uh, the vacancy occurred because uh, Assemblyman Alan Augustine had resigned for health reasons. And very quickly they were filling the vacancy and I got a phone call from the speaker of the General Assembly, Jack Collins. He said, Mr. Robinson, please send all your members to the floor because we're swearing in new Assemblyman Tom Kane and his father's here, Governor Kane. Get all your members down here. Mr. Speaker, they've all gone home. What are we gonna do? We have to have bipartisanship and so, you come down, Mr. Robinson. So it was my honor to go down and represent the Democratic Caucus with Senator Kane, who was just sworn in as Assemblyman, his dad, the Speaker of the Assembly, his wife, his mother. So it was a small, intimate group. So I've known Senator Kane since then. He then went on to the State Senate in 2003, been reelected numerous times, and has been the uh, Senate uh, Republican Leader since 2008, I believe. Right? Okay. So thank you for being here. And this is a momentous week in the state of New Jersey. We are. T- Taping this show on the 17th of June uh, the legislature is scheduled to start considering the budget and committee in both houses today and tomorrow the Senate uh, president and the assembly speaker said that they hope to get a budget off the floor floor votes uh, this Thursday on the 20th and then we'll let the games begin so I wanted to, to ask senator Ch- give us your take on where we are with the state budget with two weeks to go to the constitutional deadline
1: well the other momentous thing that's happening this week is your Retiring, oh. <laughs> and so it's extraordinarily important that we were together present in the beginning and at the end of, of the careers because you were you've done an extraordinary job both in the government service as well as in in this responsibility. You've always focused first and foremost on the needs of the people. So it's an honor to be with you in this in this momentous oh, week for you. I appreciate that very much. So thank you. Thank you. But the um, on, but today and over, over the course of this, we, we we will be talking about the budget issues. And my hope is that you know, the San Republican Caucus for years has been trying to find common sense plans that will make sure that we reduce spending first yeah. because people in New Jersey are already taxed enough Absolutely. and so there should be more responsible ways to have a predictable tax code. Yeah. Because one of the things that drives people out of the state is when they look to Massachusetts or they look to North Carolina, or look to a number of other states where they're looking where the people are migrating to, they've got consistency of income taxes, consistency of other taxes. So they can plan for a 10, 15, 20 year relationship with that state. Right now, unfortunately, because the income tax and other taxes are so unpredictable, and the rhetoric about getting new income taxes over the last dozen years and longer is so consistent, people are concerned about staying in the state of New Jersey and it's making the state more unaffordable for everybody.
0: Absolutely, we hear that from our 17,000 members on a regular basis. The predictability is one of the things that they're looking for. And we seem to bounce from year to year with different, in quotes, threats against the business community in terms of what tax are we going to have to deal with this time. One of the things that we've been constantly saying um, to the governor and to the legislature uh, in the course of my 16, Mm -hmm. 17 years here is that New Jersey doesn't have a revenue problem, we have a spending problem. And one of the things that we know that your caucus has worked very closely Mm -hmm. with the Senate president on is this whole path to progress, Mm -hmm. um, which is uh, an attempt uh, and we are supporting this attempt to try to rein in
1: all different kinds of spending the state. Can you talk a little bit about that? Certainly. Yeah. My caucus last year, uh, during the budget conversations, when the Senate President, the Assembly Speaker, and the Governor increased taxes by 1.4, 1.8 billion dollars total, or really a five or six percent increase in spending last year, tried to interject the platinum to gold, which is the health benefits spend, to try to make it more affordable for both the taxpayer as well as the employee, and try to find some common ground. So you wouldn't have needed, and they they wouldn't have Backed into a $1.4 billion tax increase last year. And so what we preferred instead was responsible spending. Now this year, the Senate President has started to include the platinum to gold as part of his conversation, the pension issue, which is trying to make a predictable hybrid plan over time, which I think is an, a, a responsible approach. He's also ad- adopted my recommendation to have charitable deductions mm-hmm. uh, for charitable giving off the t- state income tax. Because if you're going to actually respond to the, um, the SALT issue from the federal level, if you can lower our overall income tax profile by making travel giving tax deductible not only do you have robust inflows into charities you actually create more predictability over time on the income tax basis so what you have to focus on are those three things I think make some sense I've got some concerns regarding the regionalization of schools because mm-hmm. I, I think education is something that should be done very very locally Because that is, you know, a thing that everybody's focused on very clearly. So I, I support a number of the reforms that has talked about but I've got great concerns regarding the regionalization of education because I think that the larger education blocks are I think the less effective they will be and less beneficial for each and every student.
0: Well a number of members of your caucus were very active in that whole process and I think it's 27 bills uh, have been introduced mm-hmm. uh, at this point in time and Some of them are starting to move but they are kind of controversial um, One of the things that um, that we've been very supportive supportive of, too, is the whole process of looking at the health benefits, mm-hmm. too. And, and as you mentioned, from platinum to gold is very, very important, because it's a, a number one issue for our members is, I mean, everyone would think it would be taxes, and that is in the top three or four, but it's trying to pay for the health benefits yes. for their employees. About almost 90% of our members tell us that they have some kind of health benefits plans for their
1: employees mm-hmm. but they can't afford
0: the kind of plans that we as taxpayers are paying for uh, the same and, employees. And, and you
1: don't want to have a situation where anybody's choosing between their medication and their rent and so you've got to find a responsible way to make health care more affordable for for people, but also make sure that it's got the right provisions uh, for people pre-existing conditions and all those things that that are very important for people to have in their health care plans.
0: Now, and, and I know that the legislature is starting to move on a number of pieces of, of bills about health care right mm-hmm. now. And you um, you, as a legislature dealt with the issue of the out-of-network mm-hmm. uh, surprise bills that people get. Um, and do you have any idea where we're going to be six months from now in terms of the whole issue of how we're dealing with health insurance and health care in the state?
1: I, I think it's an issue that everybody focuses on every day mm-hmm. because we get calls in the office whether there are changes at the federal level over the years or changes at the state level people are very concerned about that provision of health care so it's a an issue i hope we'll, we can find some common ground and find some solutions on so we can make sure that it's affordable it is actually uh, there for people when they need it because new jersey can lead the way on important issues
0: okay well and back back to the current um status of things here in the state regarding this, uh, the budget, which uh, a lot of people are hoping gets passed out of uh, your House and the Assembly uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the governor has threatened publicly that he might be entertaining some vetoes if things don't go his way. And uh, you need two-thirds uh, majority in both houses, I believe, to uh, to override a governor's veto. And some people are wondering where your caucus might be on this issue. And And quite frankly, whether your caucus This is going to support the budget that the, the Democrats are going to put forth.
1: Well, uh, we have to see it first. No, no nobody's seen Haven't it, seen it no, yet? Nobody. I don't think anybody has <laughs> seen, seen it yet. yet? Uh, on this Monday morning, when okay. it's supposed to be in the com- committee this afternoon. Right. But I think there are certain principles that the Republicans have held for a number of years. There shouldn't be tax increases in the proposed budget. That's very important. It should be some responsible reforms. Special education is an issue that is right. impacting a lot of people, and, and I and others in my caucus for years have been trying to say the special. Education funds should be fully funded for those costs over $40,000. And that's, uh, you know, rather than census based, they should actually. We've got an entire proposal that says every kid counts, which right. means you should focus on what the actual expenses associated for educating a child in every single zip code in the state of New Jersey mm-hmm. and have a policy that is on our senatenj.com website that says this is a predictable long term plan. You talked about taxes being you know, supposed to be predictable over time. So should education funding. Right now, it is so unpredictable for so many people that we should say but there's one thing that shouldn 't be unpredictable is how we make sure that the, those who are most vulnerable are educated in our society and so okay. we would want, we would want a, a budget that would include an important increase in special education funding for um, in the for our children
0: well it 's no secret that a number of members of your caucus mm-hmm. believe that the funding formula education funding formula hasn 't been. Quite fair in certain areas of the state.
1: The uh, SFRA, which was the first version that passed about mm-hmm. 12 years ago, and then even now, the more recent S2, mm-hmm. were both both based on deeply flawed mm-hmm. uh, premises, and, and they both actually underfunded special education. They were crafted in a way. In fact, I opposed the the first piece of legislation because I said on the floor that there would hurt special needs uh, students and and, fam- and towns across our state at, at the time, and it has had that impact over time by which makes states more you know you know local property taxes higher and make sure that certain parts of the state are more unaffordable so if we have an a every kids counts approach that's predictable make sure we fully fund our special education and other priorities and make sure that you're actually having uh, accountability throughout the process and that will mean that we have uh, a, an efficient and effective education system that will benefit everybody in every zip code
0: well said. The, um, but going to my question about the vetoes, where do you think that you guys may end up being on that? I mean, the, the Democrats um, have enough votes. And I guess in the assemblies that they mm-hmm. could override the governor by themselves, but mm-hmm. in the Senate, they do not have enough votes. Um, is there a possibility of that, you think?
1: I, I have mm-hmm. f- for a long time always viewed that the Senate Republican caucus mm-hmm. is part of the governing coalition. Mm-hmm. And if we find a piece, a budget or anything else that is, makes better sense and is more affordable for people of the state of New Jersey, then I think our Cox would, would obviously be involved in that conversation
0: diplomatically said I mean and, and by the way when we haven't really talked about it yet other than I mentioned it earlier that uh, Tom's father Tom Kane uh, senior was uh, one of the if not the most popular governor in the state of New Jersey and I I had the, the pleasure of meeting with him a number of times when I worked for the legislature back uh, in the in 1980s and talk about a guy who um, I mean we could use the leadership that Tom Kane showed us uh, way back when, both in Washington and in New Jersey, in terms of, of reaching across the aisle uh, and, and working in a bipartisan way. And because, I mean, there's the old adage, there's no Democrat or Republican way to fill a pothole mm-hmm. uh, and have to work together. And uh, Tom's father was very great at that. And the Senate himself has been pretty good at that himself.
1: Well, well, we've been able to find some bipartisan Partisan. solutions. I mean, mm-hmm. walling off, the workers funds is something that Steve Sweeney and I did in, in 2009. The, the Building Our Future Bond Act was something that Steve Sweeney and I worked together on, on a bipartisan basis. These are long-term structural reforms that were necessary to wall off, because people were raiding the unemployment insurance. Insurance right. fund right. for over 20 years. It was like three billion, four billion dollars over time, and so we were able to pass a constitutional amendment that the voters supported overwhelmingly. That walled off those funds. We, we made sure that we had important environmental protection, so that the voters approved as well. We made sure we had education funding done that the voters approved. You can find common ground right. if you actually work across the aisle and, and, and say, we can agree on this, we can disagree on this, but if, you, if you're if you willing to do things with a handshake, you can actually get a lot accomplished.
0: And we really need more of that. Now an, an issue that's really, um, and, and, and it's creeping up on our members right now as we approach July 1st is the whole increase in the minimum wage mm-hmm. um, was was passed this uh, past year, and uh, I believe July 1st it's going up to $10 an hour, and then in increments over a course of a number of years is gonna go up to $15 an hour in most cases. Um, a lot of our members are worried mm-hmm. and concerned. We had Senator Sweeney as our guest here on the mm-hmm. last show, uh, and he made a commitment publicly to us Uh, of which he's starting to move forward with right now, keeping an eye on how this is gonna affect business in the state of New Jersey, how it's gonna affect the economy. And one bill that's being talked about right now is giving some employers some tax credits uh, for hiring kids under 18 who are now gonna go to $15 an hour ultimately over the course of the next couple of years. Um, And so what's your take on what's happening with New Jersey in terms of our minimum wage? Well, I
1: think it's impacting the budget in certain ways, because Absolutely. you're going to mean that the state pays will, will pays some increases on some service providers. That will impact the state budget over time. It on employers, it's an, a new, unpredicted cost. And you know, I thought the minimum uh, wage conversation should have had a longer ramp, so you would have more predictability. There should have been Agreed. some real carve outs for you know, as you said before, a training wage or an agricultural wage mm-hmm. or a variety of other things like that. So you could have great, greater predictability over time. And I think it sends a very difficult signal when you're always trying to play catch up on for problems that people could have identified and did identify going yes, through the process. Absolutely. So the question is, how do you, you know, the, this first step up is a very significant step up in, in terms of a percentage of, of payment. We all want to have a situation where people have good and meaningful job. Jobs that they can actually pay for their, you know, their families and, and, and needs and, and grow and learn a skill set. We need to do it in a way that is predictable and, and over time create some, some uh, avenues for success. And the piece of legislation that passed the New Jersey legislature on a partisan basis was, was done in a way that, that I create think created some real problems for people that are now starting to be identified. Right,
0: okay, we appreciate your thoughts on that. And uh, shifting to another subject that's been in the news and hotly contested and debated throughout this entire year is the issue of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, Lots of people thought that um, it would be legalized by this point in time, but the governor and the, the, the leaders of the Democratic Party ran into some uh, speed bumps let's say what do you see happening over the course of this rest of this year if anything regarding legalization and there's other issues too decriminalization the expungement of people's records extension of medical marijuana let's talk well, about I, I, marijuana I, I, for okay, a moment.
1: certainly mm-hmm. i i oppose adult use mecra- recreational marijuana oh. uh, i think when you, people look at what's done in other states and the impact on brain development the impact on uh, on crime, the impact on auto insurance rates, the impact on, on business certainty, all the signals over time, hospital admissions, all those things have sent negative signals from other states. So, but I think also think that, you know, he had a lot of individuals from urban centers that were concerned, Democrats, that were right. concerned about the impact on their populations, and so I think the majority of the people were obviously against the legal, full adult use legalization in the state of New Jersey, because of the impact it would have had on all of our communities across New Jersey, um, what I was frustrated by was it delayed medical marijuana conversation. I mean, the medical marijuana solution should have been passed two years ago. The, mayor- the, the a decriminalization conversation should have been had two years ago, and people like Ron Rice and Bob Singer and Joe Klein started to lead that conversation a year and a half ago, two years ago, when, the, when Governor Murphy was, cu- was coming in. And it was unfortunate that the efforts to do the adult use delayed important Necessary expansions in medical marijuana has stopped the conversation of decriminalization. So I think we can start to have a, a, a much more rational conversation right now. But the but the decriminalization and the and the medical marijuana is a conversation that needs to be had now.
0: Think something's going to happen by the end of this year.
1: On, on, on medical marijuana, medical it had, right. it, it, yeah, it, I think it should, it should happen today. Right. I mean, it, it, there's no reason that this should have been delayed mm-hmm. as long as it's been. It's frustrating for, and and dangerous for so many families that can, can get a, a benefit there. Mm-hmm. And the conversation on a decriminalization, a variety of other things, is something that I know that there are some bipartisan conversations going back again a year and a half between uh, Bob Singer and Joe Ryan mm-hmm. and Ron Rice to say what's a predictable way. But when the, when the governor. That tried to put a five-pound expungement, you know, through that that as a, as as a solution, and, and intent to distribute would be get automatically expunged. I mean, those are things that that people looked at as 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 non-common-sense answers to the issues that are impacting people across New Jersey.
0: Uh, we, we we will wait to see what happens on the rest of it. One of the major concerns that the business community and business and industry has had r- regarding the legalization was the effect on the workplace. Mm-hmm. And we were happy to see that uh, amendments to the bills, which haven't moved yet, uh, would include the protections, quite frankly, of employers uh, rights in terms of, of the workplace because we're concerned about safety, whether you're a factory or a security guard or someone who's a driver, um, you know, working under the influence um, could be a problem for us. And so we were thankful that the legislature did put those protections in. Um, any um, surprises that you know of that we, the business community <laughs> could anticipate in the next week or two? One of the things that we always talk about is that Everything is all set. There aren't going to be any new taxes this time because the Senate president and the speaker plan that they're not going to put any taxes up for the vote, that there's nothing lurking in terms of uh, something like paid family leave or the minimum wage. Anything that we need to be worried about that you might be able to tip
1: us off to? I, I think you should be... You know, ever <laughs> present in in your in your efforts because this is always where there are surprises, right. and that gets back to our earlier part of the conversation, the unpredictability of the budget process. Right. Yeah. I mean, we should have a constitutional amendment in this state that caps this, the state budget at a two percent increase per year, because then, just like you have at Miss and and ta- and and school boards, if you have that two percent cap, you wouldn't have a 1.8% over, over eight years increase on average, right. and then a five years, six years, you know seven percent increase in one year, I mean that blows all the restraint and responsible budget processes in the years past, because what you need to focus on is, you need to have the two percent cap, you need to have the structural reforms, you need to have the, the tax predictability over time, because what that does is right now, we talked about 10, 15 year plans, right now, people in New Jersey are saying, wait, in five years I'm looking to leave because my kid is getting out of high school or college, I'm getting my next job, I'm, I'm retiring because you know Pennsylvania has a different tax structure, right. for example, and they're not going to Pennsylvania for the weather, they go in there for the taxes. <laughs> um, and so what you have to figure out is how do we say, like other states do, people look at Massachusetts and there's a report that says nobody since 1977 has done a better job at changing the reputation which used to be called Massachusetts, right. then Massachusetts. They've got a higher education system that is second to none. They've got a um, a business incubator pro- process and innovation. You know, entity that makes some sense. They've got predictability in their tax codes, right. and it doesn't matter whether it's got a Republican governor or a Democratic governor. We sh- New Jersey should be leading the way on higher education innovation. We should be leading the way on tax predictability. We have the smartest, most talented population, best educated, industrious people with extraordinary skill sets. We should put them to work in a way that people say, I want to be in New Jersey for not five years. I want to be in New Jersey for 10, 15, 20 years, and and that way you have three generations of families. Mm -hmm. Say, I want to have my future in New Jersey. Once you have that conversation being had in a robust way, there's nothing that's going to hold New Jersey back.
0: Everybody listen to what the senator said. One last thing, uh, and then we're going to wrap up the show. I, I promised to get the senator back to the state house for a busy day of committee meetings and seeing what's going to happen with the budget, and he's got to lead his caucus. But he recently announced that he's uh, planning on running for the U.S. House of Representatives in 2020, and we just wanted to touch base with that and Hi. see how things are going.
1: It's going very well. well Thank you. for okay. it. No votes have okay. been cast yet, Maybe but we're on a good pathway.
0: Okay, great. Well, we wish you luck. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Senator Tom Kane, the Senate uh, Republican leader, uh, joined us today on uh, our Take on New Jersey. I want to thank him for being here, and as always, I want to thank our producer and director, Vinnie Civitella, for doing a great job for Take on New Jersey from NJBIA. This is Frank Robinson. See you next time. Thank Thank you,
1: Senator.